0: All right, here we go. Three games left in the regular season. Islanders trail the Maple Leafs now by five points for the second wild card. Six back of Ottawa. They own the tiebreaker with the Senators. They need Ottawa to lose all three in regulation, or the Maple Leafs lose their games, and the Islanders simply finish on point ahead. Mike, they're still alive, buddy, even without their captain.
1: Anything can happen, Bri. As they say, anything can happen.
0: Now they have their number one goaltender in Yaroslav Halak. (laughs)
1: Yeah, we'll see about that.
0: Let's do it!
2: Welcome to the Point Blank Podcast, covering New York Islanders hockey. Here are your hosts, Brian Compton and Mike Carver.
0: Welcome to the show, B, Compton and Carver here with you. We're going to speak with Brendan Burke, the television voice of the New York Islanders in just a few minutes. Michael? John Tavares done for the rest of the regular season. Very unfortunate.
1: Yeah, very unfortunate. Uh, of course, last week, uh, last uh, last week against the Devils, it. You know what can you, uh, well, you know it happens, brother. And and I can't believe people think that, you know maybe he can come back this weekend. No, he cannot come back this weekend. No, he can't. His season, his season is over. Uh, you shut it down because let's be honest here. There's only maybe uh Five percent or less chance that they're going to make the playoffs anyway so right uh johnny's done for the year uh do you blame the ice pal i saw a lot of that Do you blame the ice that,
0: that's a great segue i was gonna bring that up i'm i'm gonna wait until john talks to us after the season i assume he'll be at breakup day next week if the islanders don't make the playoffs here uh and he'll discuss what happened until i talk to him i really don't have an opinion on it for me it I don't think it was the ice. I think it was just a a freak thing with, you know, uh, with the skate on the net there, getting caught there a little bit. Uh, I know Clutterbuck went off uh, with Arthur Staple from Newsday about it, but Clutterbuck's always blaming the ice. So uh, until John speaks about it, I'm going to hold off on blaming Barclays Center and the ice there.
1: And are we? Are, do we know? Obviously, we've been going with lower body injury here since last week. Oh, but we, it's a hamstring. It's a yeah, hamstring. it's a it's a hamstring, right? I mean, but we're not we, you we don't can have. Tell to the play. minute it happened,
0: it was his hamstring.
1: Yeah. So listen, uh, he, he there's no way he could play this week or this weekend, even if he wanted to, uh, which I'm sure he does. But that's just uh, it's the way that it goes, and he's done for the year. And and now the next time we talk about John Tavares will be uh, on July 1st, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: it's a shame. Obviously, we wish John a speedy recovery. Hope to see him back uh, sooner rather than later. If they somehow find a way into the playoffs, will he play? I don't know. Time will tell on that. Um, but you know, the results uh, and the efforts have been admirable since John went down. Kudos to Doug Wade and and the players.
1: Nah, you know, I'm not gonna go there, Bri. I'm not. No. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> I don't. I don't really care. I, I don't. I don't care that they've won the last three games. I really don't. Um, the game that they needed to come Philly. out and play like a team that was one that wanted to go to the playoffs was last Thursday night in Philadelphia. And they put up, uh, one of the most embarrassing first periods of hockey you will ever see in your life. A team scores five goals and they only had four quality scoring chances. I mean, that's just, you know, when things like this happen, you look at the stat sheet from that first period and it just speaks volumes. And, um, this, we've seen it too many times this year, Bri, uh, I mean, what we can count, you, you know, more than five or six, seven times that this team has gotten absolutely their doors blown off yeah. in games, and Thursday was another example, and it happened at the absolute worst time. I take absolutely nothing into these wins over the Devils, Buffalo, and Nashville. I take nothing out of them. I'm sorry.
0: And you were confident last week on our show. That I was. I was two, confident. Two good efforts.
1: I thought they'd give you a big effort and, and come up. I thought that the Buffalo game would be the one where they'd stub their toe. Uh, <sighs> but it, does, it doesn't matter when you do it, Brian. It's, it's, it's not just that they did it. It's the way that they do it. Um, yeah. it's, not like they, it's not like they went into Philadelphia and they tried, you know, they gave it everything and, and they just they just lost out in like, you know, a 2-1 or a 3-2 game. They were done at the end of one. They were completely yeah. finished, cooked, season over. Um, I don't care about this stuff. Listen, this is fun, and we're going to have some fun with it today. You know, they're six points back, five of Toronto, six of Ottawa. They've got an opportunity here. Um, you got to start wondering, you know, they're playing teams. Listen, they've had problems with Carolina for years. So yeah. if you think the Islanders walking into Carolina tomorrow night <laughs> is a situation where they're getting two points. It's not. Um, and you look at the other schedules, you know, Toronto's playing Tampa, and then they're playing Pittsburgh and Columbus over the weekend. Obviously, they could lose all those games. Um, I don't know how much Columbus will be playing for on Sunday if uh, the two and the three is locked up on who has home ice between them and the Penguins. You got to start factoring stuff like that into it as well. So I don't think that we're going to get to Sunday with the Islanders uh, playing Ottawa with everything on the line. I I just I don't think we're going to get there. But um, last Thursday was it for me. This has all been window dressing as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, no, look, it's very far-fetched that Sunday's going to mean anything. I totally agree with you. And, uh, you know, the way that Halak has played, Mike, it's baffling that this goaltending situation went on as long as it did because, like we said yeah. last week, uh, you know, where would this team be had they called him up right after the trade deadline, which really wasn't all that long ago, but every point <laughs>
1: is so crucial, and Barubi was awful when he was in there. Every game that they played Barubi in, um, after maybe, uh, you know, I'm trying to think back to after Halak went down, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to early, mid January when, uh, there was a couple games that was like the first couple times that Barubi just got absolutely uh, right. bombarded. They essentially um, needed five
0: goals every night that he was in there to win.
1: Exactly. And, and like you said, even if you got to March 1st, I mean, there were one or, there were a couple games after March 1st that they gave away by continuing, uh, to put that guy in the net. And that is going to be the uh, story of this season, Bri, is how badly that that situation was butchered uh, again and how it cost them a lot of points uh, in the standings. And and I know you like to go back to the P.A. parental thing. If this thing was solved, you know, back on October 1st, maybe they would have still had P.A. Parento at the start of the year. I don't know how much of a difference he would have made. But uh, this was this really trickled down through the entire season, this goaltender thing, and it cost them points when they started getting back into it in February and March. Yeah, Mike,
0: it's not even just Parento. It was the decision to carry three goalies instead of seven defensemen. Who does right. that? Right. Nobody. That as
1: well. That as well. That that was also there, and that was something that Jack even brought up uh, the first weekend of the season. So this was a problem that uh, was was a cloud that hung over this team for the entire 82-game season. And it's going to be you could make a case that it's the reason why um, they're not going to be playing come next Wednesday. And, yeah. and I think that you can really make that case.
0: Yeah. And look, they've, like you said, they've had plenty of games where they've had their doors blown off. And maybe the blame for that yeah. goes on Doug. I don't know. I think it's more the way this roster is shaped and, uh, you know, the lack of emotion that some of these guys show. And at the end of the day, that's more on the general manager than the coach.
1: I think that he takes the biggest hit this year. He has um, to. I, I, I know that this is more for next week when we, when we shut it down yeah. for good. And we'll get into it plenty next week when we kind of put the bow on things. Unless, of course, they do get these uh, six points and Otto and Toronto slip up. And maybe next week we're talking about a, a first-round series with the Capitals. <laughs> but if we're not, uh, we're going to be talking about where things went wrong this year. And it's, the conversation is going to start with how Garth Snow mismanaged this roster Uh, Honestly, from the first day, uh, you could even go from July 1st all the way until the end of the season.
0: No doubt. Joining us now on the phone is the television voice of the New York Islanders. It's our good friend Brendan Burke. Brendan, Brian, and Mike, how are you? I'm doing well. Just uh, finishing up here
2: this uh, last leg of the road trip.
0: First things first, congratulations on the new edition. How's
2: everything going at home? Well, it's good. I'm not there, but I hear it. (laughs) No, I'm just I'm just happy when I get home and my wife hasn't moved out yet. So it's been it's been a good six weeks.
0: <laughs> it's all in the brochure, man. She has to understand, yeah. that, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so.
0: Uh, Brendan, let's talk about this John Tavares injury. Obviously, the timing stinks. Very unfortunate. How would you assess the way the Islanders have played without their captain?
2: I, I mean, I, the results are there, and that's that's I think uh, the best thing about it. But you know, when you look at it, and you know, you take out. Any individual piece of this roster, and it changes things marginally. You get maybe one guy to step up and fill a different role. You take John Tavares out, and you can basically throw the entire team around. Um, and everybody's got to kind of pick up a little bit of an extra piece and kind of move around. And um, I, I think the guys have, have relished that a little bit. It's may maybe maybe shaken things up a little bit where you had gotten so used to the way things were that uh, now everybody's thinking a little bit more. Everybody is motivated, perhaps a little bit more, to try and be that guy, knowing there's an opportunity there. You know, with Tavares out of the lineup, and I think you've seen, you know, some complete team efforts. I think last night um, is a perfect example of that. You know, you get a team that, down going into the third period, wins the game. Uh, you know, has a guy playing out of position that winds up scoring the game winner. Uh, they didn't give up the puck in overtime. They struggled so much in overtime, and last night was a clinic on how to do it, including Hosang playing it back to the goaltender there to set up the game winner. I mean, it was just uh, everybody just kind of worked and, and got the job done.
1: Yeah, Brendan, like you say, guys have had to kind of step up and do some other things. Uh, what were your thoughts on Thomas Hickey, uh, left winger last night, uh, going in there and, and playing some forward and, and not doing uh, too bad of a job getting the game-winning goal?
2: No, I thought he looked good. I mean, the funny thing is, is that was the only fifty six the defenseman all night with the game-winning goal in overtime, right. if you want to call it that, because he was the only D-man on the ice. But uh, he looked good, not out of place. I thought he made some good plays. He looked good in his own zone, which I think sometimes – I think Butchie talked about it last night. That's the tougher part is kind of not going going against your instincts, I should say, when it comes to the defensive zone. But he had some good net front presence. Uh, he poor checked. He was good along the walls, which is a tough thing for wingers. Uh, especially guys with not a lot of experience at it. So I, I thought he looked good. I, I you know, uh, people were asking me about, you know, should you call somebody up in Bridgeport? Listen, you were looking for a guy for six or seven minutes. They got more than that out of him last night. Uh, and he did the job. I think that there's there's nothing more you can ask from a guy that to, to come in, in that spot and do.
0: Brendan Joshua Hosang has been so much fun to watch. I mean, you're you're right in the middle of the action when when they're here in Brooklyn. Uh, he brings the fans out of their seats virtually on every shift. Just what do you think of the way Hosang has played so far here here in the NHL?
2: Yeah, I I think his skill set is unique, and I think that's what people are recognizing and realizing when he touches the puck. That it's exciting because his feet never stop, his hands never stop, his eyes never stop, um, and it creates this. You never know what he's going to do with the puck, but it's probably going to be good. Now he's going to have some growing pains and he's had some turnovers. But, you know, risk versus reward, I think you're liking the percentages at this point for what he's been able to do. Um, but he, he just always is looking. He has a really good vision of the ice. And combine that with the physical skill set that he has. I mean, the the, the breakaway goal uh, that he had in Buffalo the other day, I mean, it looked simple enough. It looked enough like so many other breakaway goals you see from so many other players. The stick handling he did in the neutral zone and once he entered the blue line, I mean, it was unnecessary, but also incredibly difficult to continue to stick handle at that speed with his feet moving, that it made that move that much easier. And I think that it's the little things like that that maybe don't get picked up at first notice that makes him what I think is going to be a special player.
1: Brendan, it was so deflating last Thursday night in Philadelphia to come out in the first period the way they did. They fought back a little bit here. They've won three games in a row, but... Is it a little too little too late now? you got the three games left, some winnable games. You're not completely out of it. You, there's a lot of scenarios at stake here. Uh, do you think the guy's still feeling, you know, we can get this done? Let's just get a little help and do our business.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, obviously they need some help. But no matter what the scenarios are, and there are three, I believe, that get them into the playoffs, all three of them involve the Islanders winning all three of their final games. So you can talk about the help they need, and you can cross your fingers, and it, none of it matters unless they win these final three games. They know that if they lose a game, they're stuck. Um, you know, so you talk about, you know, that desperation, and, and this is this is that lineup. I mean, six regulars out, this is a different group of guys uh, that are trying to get it done. They have a favorable schedule if you want to compare it to the teams that they're going up against. If you're just trying to get to Sunday to face Ottawa head-to-head, I mean, you got to win two more games. and you win two more games and hope for a little bit of help, and you could have a winner-take-all game on Sunday at Barclays Center. So, um, you know, I, I think they do believe Doug Wiggs talked about that he thinks 94 points. He always thought was going to be right about the number to get them in. And with three games to go, they still have the ability to get to 94 points. So I guess we'll we'll wait and see.
0: Brendan, this goaltending situation, if you don't laugh, you'll cry, man. It's just unbelievable <laughs> what's going on. Yarrow doesn't have a good start. And then he's banished to Bridgeport for three months. And now he's back here, and he looks like he's the number one goaltender again. And you, fans have to ask themselves, why did they wait so long to bring him back? It's crazy.
2: No, I, you know what? I, I don't necessarily go along that line of thinking. I'm also along the line of I don't want to hear the why did they wait so long to call up Josh Hosang train. The, listen, the time in the American Hockey League was good for both of these players. I don't think Josh Hosang comes up and does what he does now. If you call him up in November, I truly Agreed. believe that. From watching Agreed. guys develop, I believe that.
1: Yeah, Brendan, and, like you say, it wouldn't have mattered where it came up, but and the Yarrow thing is, I'm four. What is he? Four and one now since he came back at four and zero oh and starts. So you got to keep playing him, right? Put Yarrow back in there in Carolina tomorrow
2: night. Yeah, I, I, I've had this conversation with Butchie off the air about what to do here this week, and obviously we'll find out. And, and I'm glad it's not our decision. I think that you've got to go with Thomas Grice against Carolina, um, just because you you want him to be involved. You're going to need him. Um, you know, and you want him to believe that he's still. A very viable part of this team, so you can't have him sit for too long. And you're going to need both goaltenders here in the back-to-back, uh, presumably over the weekend. If you're planning on winning these games, you're going to want to start different goaltenders on Friday and Saturday in must-win games. That is the decision that I don't want to make: is who you start on Friday to get you to that must-win, or Saturday to get you to the must-win on Sunday, or who do you start on Sunday in that must-win when it comes back and forth? But I think at the end of the day, I think what we are Slavpolak is done. You know, regardless of the season is. Uh, I, I think there's a viable opportunity that they both come back next year, and this is your one-two punch next season. Uh, if the Islanders can't necessarily find a suitor that, that suits the right price over the summer, I mean, this could be what you hoped it was going to be this season without J.F. Berube complicating things and see these guys go 1-1-A and 1A next year.
0: Brendan, whether or not they make the playoffs, I think Dougie has done enough here to earn a shot at this full-time going into next year. My question for you is, does he want to do this? I still i am not 100% sure that this is the road he wants to go down. What's your take?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure either. I think that uh, this is really his first uh, his first go at it, his first opportunity to understand what it's like to have that pressure, and make those decisions, and go through the ringer of, of being a head coach. And I think it'll probably take some time for him to digest after the season is over. But uh, I I think you're right. I think if he wants the job, uh, he should have the opportunity to to take it. Um, You know. But at the same time, I think too, I, I, I think Doug likes here. I think Doug likes it. Here, I think he doesn't want to leave the Islanders organization, and I think he knows his shelf life, perhaps, as a head coach, is going to be much shorter than it would be potentially as an assistant GM, assistant coach, if he's able to, uh, you know, maintain his relationship here in the organization. You know that he can kind of make this his home and, and be here long term. So, um, whether or not he wants that added responsibility with the risk of, hey, if it goes south over the next couple of seasons, he's done and out of the organization, I guess, is uh, up to him, and, and we'll take a look and see probably pretty quickly at the end of the season, we should get an indication of whether or not he wants to come back and if he's going to be offered to come back.
1: Brendan, we talked to you at the beginning of the year. We talked to you in the middle of the year. Now we're here at the end. How about for you, buddy? Here we go. The last week. uh, How's it been here for the first full season uh, Colin Islander games as we get to the final week?
2: Yeah, it's one of those where I still, I mean, it is, I've done, what, 79 games? we got a game 80 coming up, and I still kind of pinch myself every morning and, and ask myself if this is real. It's just been uh, it has been so much fun. Uh, you know, this team, the roller coaster that it has taken me on from, uh, you know, the slow start to being left for dead in the standings in the middle of the season to, you know, having a, a chance to make the playoffs and now here playing what will be 80 meaningful games of hockey at the very minimum. Um, it has been so much fun. Uh, and and I can't uh, I can't still can't believe that I'm here and and hopefully am here for a long time because it has been uh, it has been a great ride and and I've been treated so well by uh, both the Islanders organization and by MSG that I, I couldn't have picked a better spot to land here.
0: I think we can speak for all Islander fans when we say that you have been tremendous. You're a pro, and the fans are lucky to have you. Brendan, thanks so much for a few minutes. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon. You got it, guys. Great job. Thanks again to Brendan Burke, Mike. He has done a remarkable job and you can make the case that he was the islanders best offseason addition. <laughs> yeah
1: i think you could definitely make that case uh considering what uh some of the guys that they brought in did but uh brendan did an unbelievable job this year i love hearing him on the broadcast uh listen how he was there forever i like the change of pace I-, I like hearing brendan do the game so uh good job this year from brendan
0: yeah, very tough shoes to fill, in Howie Rose, who is one of my all-time favorites for sure. But Brendan Burke has done a remarkable job all season long. Thanks again to Brendan for coming on. Uh, Mike, let's spend a few minutes here before we go. Is it, you think there's an argument to be made that the Islanders are in better shape this year than last year, despite missing what we think they're going to miss the playoffs here? Um, you know, you have Dougie Weight doing a nice job behind the bench. You have this influx of youth with Boville and Ho Sang. What do you think, Mike?
1: No, I don't think so. I don't think they're in, a, in better shape than they were uh, a year ago today or a year ago at the end of the season. I, I just don't. And, and I know you want to bring up the youth and you can say, uh, you know, it seems like Hosang and Bavillier and, and, you know, are going to be players for this team. But then I have to come back with you also with a year ago, we thought that we would still see some growing from Brock Nelson and Ryan Strom, yeah. and, um, and you haven't gotten that. So those guys, in my opinion, um, digressed this year, and, and some of them in, in a big way. So um, I, I mean, Lee was uh, Lee obviously uh, showed that he was better this year. Yeah, uh, I just don't think that they're in as good a position because they also a year ago today thought that uh, J.F. Berube was the next Patrick Wah, and <laughs> we we now see a year later that he is anything but that. And they have a goaltender. You know, they're not. I don't think that Hlak's going to be on the team next year. I mean, I, I really don't. I mean, he's come back here and he's played well since the call up. It took too long, but uh, I think that that's a situation that they got to get him out of the room in the off season. I, I don't know who's going to take him. They got, he's making money. He's got one year left, but um, there's changes coming, and, and I don't think, Bry, uh, that they're in as good a shape as they were a year ago. Do you? Uh, it's. I think John
0: Tavares is the guy who's going to give us that answer the first week of July. John. Yeah. John, We've talked about it. if John doesn't sign that first week of July, it's not going to be because of the lack of money that's going to be offered to him. It's going to be no. Because they're he offering him like... the whole.
1: They're offering him a right. truck. I mean, he could take it all. That's not what it's about.
0: Right. So that's going to be an indictment on Garth if John doesn't sign that first week. Um, as far as Nelson and Strom go, I think one of those two guys is headed to Las Vegas in the expansion draft. I ultimately, because they're both all probably right. going to be unprotected. Vegas will probably take one of those guys um, as far as the I defense. Hope so.
1: You better hope they do. <laughs> you better hope they take one of them. They, they I, love, taken.
0: I love what I've seen from Beauvillier and Hosang. I think they're both going to be key pieces for this team moving forward. Um, but this defense needs another big-time defenseman, Mike. It's not yes. good enough. They've allowed 237 what thirty-seven goals the most in the Eastern nope, Conference. Yep. Garth can talk about how, you know, the goaltending's a strength of the organization. If you've allowed two hundred and thirty-seven goals, guess what? It's not a strength of the organization. So um I think I think Brendan's right. I think there's a good chance Halak and Grice are their tandem next year, um, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but at the end of the day, they need more help on that blue line. And Ryan Pulak's not
1: going to be the answer as far as being a shutdown guy, so they need somebody else to step up. And that's another reason why I don't think that there is right. b- in a better place as last year because last year we thought that, you know, le- listen, Letty and Boychuk, great stuff. Boychuk's getting older. You saw that already this year. Yeah. Um, we thought that, obviously, I think the last 12 months has been a downgrade for Travis Haminick. I think the last 12 months has been a complete downgrade for Thomas Hickey. Uh, I, you know, Dahan, uh, upswing. Dahan played well this year. Dahan's yeah. better. but For the most part, um, yeah. But I think that it was a minus in terms of Hammonick and Hickey. And, and I think that you still need, uh, like you say, top defensemen. At the minimum, you need a, a second pair guy, uh, I think. But uh, they're just not in as good a shape. And they got some work to do. Uh, and I don't know if Garth Snow, I still think he's going to be the one who's going to get to do the work, unfortunately. But uh, whoever's going to be doing it has got some work to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, until I until I see it that Garth is not the GM, I'm assuming Garth's going to be the GM next year, right? So yeah, yeah. Um, and as far as the as far as Letty goes, Mike, he's a he's a he's a lot of fun to watch carrying that puck out of his own end. He's not a number one defenseman. I mean, no, you look at, look at you look at the better teams in this league. Uh, he doesn't match up with a guy like Duncan Keith. He doesn't match up with a guy like Drew Dowdy. He doesn't match up with a guy like Eric Carlson. He's a nice piece. I'm not trying to say that Nick He's he's a a nice
1: piece, but he's not a guy that you put on the ice when the other team's top line is out there every shift of the game. He's not that type of defenseman. I love him, too. I think he does The things that he he brings, good uh, attributes to the defense core. But he's not a guy that you could say, listen, Nick, uh, you're going to go play the Crosby line for 23 and a half minutes tonight. You know, go get it done. That's not what he does. He's not, uh, you know, Shea Weber, Duncan Key. He's not He's not those guys. He's just not.
0: He's not. And that's something that has to be addressed during the offseason. I'm not saying trade Nick Letty. I'm not saying that. But they need to find a top-flight defenseman who can – You just look at all these guys in the, in the uh, Metropolitan Division, Mike. They don't have a guy to match up with all these forwards. Crosby, no. Malkin, Ovechkin. Uh, Atkinson,
1: yeah, just go down <laughs> the list. It's crazy. It's,
0: they're, never it's going crazy. To, they're never going to solve this issue as far as the goals against is concerned until they find a shutdown defenseman. And it's not going to be Ryan Pullock, like I said. And guess what? Adam Pellick, this guy is a mess, Mike. I'm sorry. Ooh, I mean, I know. you're off
1: the Pellick train, huh? You're done he, with Pellick. He, Here we go, dude.
0: That one shift he had in Buffalo in the first period on Sunday, holy yeah. smoke, he made like five mistakes in a 20 second span, man. Yeah, Ridiculous. Well.
1: You know, so it's a problem. This well, is at least that... we got through the whole thing without bringing up Wise and Ryan Pulak here. So we, we made it through. We made it through this one without having to do that. So before we go, let's just yeah. lay it out there. Are they playing Sunday with a chance to go to the playoffs? Yes or no? no. In your eyes? No. no. I, I'm with you. I, I don't. I don't think that they're going to be playing. Uh, for I, I think that they'll lose one of these two games, whether it be Carolina or the Devils. They'll it's, do it to very... them. They'll do it to themselves. It's uh, very. It's very (laughs) nice that
0: they found a way to win last night. It's very nice that they're still alive. But uh, I'm sorry to be the party pooper here. They don't deserve to make the playoffs. They just don't.
1: Sorry, They do not. You look at at the 82 games as a whole, buddy. They do not deserve. They're not a playoff team. They are not a a playoff team. And if they did get in, it would be because the other teams uh, choked, which is pretty much what, you know, last Thursday night just put such a bad taste in my mouth that I can't sit here and say, they're gonna be playing for anything on Sunday. I just can't.
0: Now, Mike, between the, the decisions that this GM has made over the past twelve months compacted with the lack of efforts that we've seen in crucial spots a handful of times over the past month, I'm sorry. They just don't deserve to be there. You,
1: you know what would be the typical ending to this Islander year? If they got to Sunday with a chance and they lost, you know, six one. You know, right. they got they got one of, wouldn't that just totally be <laughs> how this year has gone for this team. They really get so would. far, they fight themselves back so far and then they always a couple times this year have put up an effort like last Thursday that just completely embarrasses them. And uh I could just you, you could just see it coming that they'll have a shot on Sunday and they'll be down 3 nothing at the end of one or or four, you know, something like that and Grice will get completely booed out of the Barclays Center. It'll just be uh I, I could just see how that or, or, how this season or, ends. Or a lock starts. How about that? Make right. Or like a lock. lock starts the game and he gets blown out of the game in the first period. Now, that would really be the uh, the full circle of this Islander year if that happens. So oh, anything's possible, but I, I don't think it's going to come to that.
0: The next time we get together, we're going to know what's going on one way or the other. See you next week, pal. All right, brother. Be good. Thanks again to Brendan Burke. Thanks for listening to the Point Black Podcast. We'll see you next week.
2: This has been the Islanders Point Blank Podcast, part of the SNY.TV audio network.